We're going to talk about something today that um, it's broke my heart because I was once there. And it's a tip of success that I want to share with y'all. Some of you will buy into it. Some of you won't. Um, my heart is that you'll leave here today knowing one big thing who your enemy is. A lot of you don't. A lot of you don't believe it. But Satan's our enemy. He's real. He's the real deal. When you start talking about demons and Satan and people just turn off. And that's what he wants you to do. You've had a friend one time in your life that told you about another friend that was talking bad about you or deceiving you. You didn't believe that either until it was confronted. Um, today, my prayer is for every one of you, and I've tried to look at every one of your faces today. That's what I always do when I preach, before I preach, um, that you would leave here today with the knowledge of who your enemy is. Casey, if you could pull up the first screen. Do you see your enemy here? If you can spot it, Tell me, top left, middle, right, left. Can you spot your enemy here? Can you bring the lights down just a little bit? Thank you. Just a little bit. Do you spot your enemy? There we go. Can't seem, can you? If anybody can spot the enemy, raise your hand. Go to the next screen. No, that's not it. There he is. In that circle, there's a professional sniper staring right at you. You're in his scope, ready to kill you. Go to the next screen. Can you spot your sniper here? You spot your killer, your enemy, your adversary? If you can, raise your hand. Next screen. That's him right here. If you zoom in, you can see his face in a scope ready to pull the trigger to take your life. That's what they're trained to do. Do we have another one? No more? All right. I love this kind of stuff. Snipers, shooters. Um... Not like the school shooting hoax we had the other week. But you notice on all these tragic events, the first thing that the first responders do is what? They try to locate who? The shooter. The one out there, the, the last bad one. They located that shooter and eliminated the shooter. They don't go looking for anything else. They're trained to find the sniper, the shooter. One of the most famous snipers in all of history, and some of you old-timers may know this. You ever heard of a man by the name of Carlos Hathcock? I'm just curious if anybody ever heard that name. Oh, he knows. One of the famous snipers of all time. He only died a few years ago. But he was in Vietnam. 
and his job was to take the enemy out. He was so good at it, he wore a white feather in his helmet. Just to give everybody in a small advantage, they could see the feather. This is how bad this dude was. But he had a, had a big job that they only called him on. Was to take out a North Vietnamese general. That was just bringing havoc on everybody. No one could get close to this guy. They called in Carlos Hathcock. They told him where this general was. No one could ever get close. He got with, well, well looky here. If she can come to church, anybody can come to church. God bless you. Two of them. Two for one. Carlos crawled on his belly for four days. That's 96 hours, if you're counting. On his belly, no food, no water, nothing. Inch by inch to get past the enemy, to get a shot on this guy, this general. He got within 700 yards, he said. He got a shot on him because he knew him. He studied him for two days when he got, a, when he got his sights on him. He watched him. He knew his behaviors. He knew when he was coming out. He knew when he was away from his guys. He got the perfect shot after four days. He shot him, eliminated him, and got out without even being caught. One of his second biggest kills was a, a woman. They called her the Apache. She would take, you heard? She would, she would take U.S. soldiers that were captured, not only torture them, she'd skin them alive. She would do some hideous things to them. Well, Carlos took offense to it. That was his, some of his boys. So he said, I'm going to take her out. They studied her. And Carlos Hathcock says the best time to get somebody is in early morning, late in the evening. Early in the morning is when you're waking up. You're just coming to your senses because you've been out partying and smoking all night, he said. Having a good time. He also waited until late in the evening was a good time to get you because you let your guard down. Well, he got her early in the morning. He watched her, him and another guy. But Carlos went ahead. He watched her and got the favorite opportunity. She was mixed in with a bunch of other soldiers. So the only way he knew it was her, she squatted to use the bathroom. And when she squatted, that was her last Number one, shot her right in the head, all right? But he studied her. He knew it was her, took her out, got out without getting caught. That's what a good sniper does, a good killer. He studies you. But one of Carlos's favorite shots, some say it's true, some say it's false. I don't know. I'm taking this as truth because he said it. He shot a guy from almost a mile away. A famous sniper. You hearing this? Shot him over a mile away, right through his scope. He was staring at him. He was staring at Carlos Hathcock, and Carlos was staring back at him. 
but the guy made a fatal mistake. He had a glare either on his gun or on his wrist to give away his position. Carlos saw it, took the shot. They saw from a mile away, he shot him through his scope. He was looking through his scope. Some movies, they have it like that. Chris Kyle, one of the famous snipers, that movie they show somebody shooting somebody right through the scope. You're looking at a scope, the bullet comes down through the scope, right into your eyeball, you're, you're gone. But he studied him. He gave him up something. Let's look at some names that our Bible says that refer to Satan, and let's see if we can get this, this sniper. See if you can recognize this sniper. 2 Corinthians 4.3, pull that up, Casey. It says, If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has what? Blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God, the God of this world. That's the little G God. That's the sniper I'm talking about. He's trying to take us down, take you down. There's two, two different types of people. There's an unbeliever, which is a child of Satan, the Bible says. And there's another believer. They call it child of God. There's no in-between. There's no neutral. You're either a child of Satan or you're a child of God. You either follow God or you follow Satan. That's just the truth. Some of you are going to leave here mad today. You're not going to believe it. You don't want to believe it because Satan's telling you it's false. And there's a reason he's telling you it's false because he's sniping you. And what God has given me, I think some, the Bible tells us to put on the helmet of salvation. All right. I think a lot of people come in here and in many churches, they get emotional. They make a decision. They put the helmet on the salvation. That's all they put on. You leave here and Satan looks, finds you. You show him what's going on in your life and he kills you again. He snipes you. If we go on further, it says put on the full armor of God. I think, and this is a terrible view from my, from my point, there's a lot of spiritual streakers. You're, you're running around totally buck naked with just a helmet on. You're not putting the full armor on. You make a quick decision and you're in danger. You make a quick decision and you're in danger. We're in a battle. We're in a big battle. Ephesians 6.10 says, the, Paul says, in a final word, be strong. The Lord and his mighty power put on a 
on God's armor so that you will be able to what? Stand firm against all strategies of the devil's real. Devil, Satan, Bills above, whatever you want to call him. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers. There's more than one. If you're here in the first service, Josh talked about demons. Nobody wants to hear that. Until you, you can watch movies about it. That's cool. But you talk about it in church, people freak out. No demons. There are demons. I was at work one day. And Josh even quoted, I told this to Josh the other day. A guy came in our warehouse. And this man knew the word of God. And I was just listening. He was talking to some of my employees. And he looked at one of my guys and he goes, if you could just see the demonic activity around you right now that's trying to kill you, you would faint instantly. You would have a massive heart attack. Only God is protecting you from that. Again, some of you are saying, oh, that ain't right. That ain't right. But it is. It's biblical. Yeah. And you know why you don't know it? You know why you're doubting it? Because you haven't read it. Satan's greatest tactic is keep this from you. They did it for years in Catholicism. They kept this from them. And when they started printing them, they went and started killing these priests that wouldn't preach from it. Satan's biggest weapon is to keep you out of here. And it's working. The sniper picks, you couldn't pick it out. Do you recognize the sniper? Now, Satan to the unbeliever is to keep you out of the Word of God, keep you from church, keep you from godly people, to keep you in your sin. But what he does do, every now and then he lets you come to the spiritual hospital to come in here and get your quick fix of Jesus crack, and then you leave. And it wears off. Couple weeks, you come back in here, you get another injection of Jesus. Makes you feel good. You raise your hand, woo, having a great time. That might last a month. Some of your buddies catch up with you, man, you gotta come back to church. Yeah, I gotta come back. You come in, you hear some great songs, taking on putting on my grave clothes, and you feel all great, you get you another injection. You got couples coming here, you get your marriage fixed. You come here just to get your marriage fixed. You're coming for the wrong reason. If you come get yourself fixed, your marriage will be fixed. Okay? That's what's happening. I've seen Josh counsel people. He talked about this in the first service. He's counseled couples. He said at this, his motto now is, if I hear the same thing at the second session, it's over. Yeah. You're not here for the right reasons. If you're not here, and this is quote Josh, if you don't get right with God, we don't need to talk. Yeah. So don't get mad at me saying that. Josh said it earlier. If you can't get, if you're not right, we don't need to talk. You've got to get right with God. And that's what the that's what Satan does. He keeps us out of church. But for the believer, here's what he does. And this this goes to the the unbeliever too. The old term bread and circus. It's one of the greatest devices. Still used today, mega time. Bread and circus. If y'all want to write this down, you can use this on your friends. 
This comes from the Roman Empire. The greatest country, greatest empire ever was the Roman Empire. They had it all. Biggest, baddest, most money, everything. Their people, they kept their people entertained. The Roman Colosseums, there's some parts of them here today. They'd go watch people get eaten by lions. They'd have uh, gladiators, all kinds of circuses. That's where the circus stuff started. People doing crazy things on wires. and Everybody would rush down to see that. They'd, they gave them free food, free entertainment. Free food, free entertainment. Sounds like today a little bit, don't it? They kept them occupied. Bread and circus, the definition in Webster's is something as extravagant entertainment offered as an expedient means of pacifying discontent and diverting attention from a source of grievance. The Romans kept their people fed and happy while they were taking all their money, making laws against them, but they didn't know what was going on. That's what's happening today. Ball games, recitals, you name it. Now, I'm not against none of that. But Satan uses all this stuff to keep you away from here. Keep you away from God. Keep you away from this. And it works. And he knows it. You know why he knows it? Because you show it to him. We show him our weakness. Satan has no power to know what we're, what we're doing. We show him what we're doing. When you look at pornography one time, he will attack you the rest of your life with it. Believe me, I looked at one photo when I was young. I can still picture it. I can still see it. He uses that. Your weakness, if you show him your weaknesses, he will attack you with that. Because he's, he's not omniscient. He's not all-knowing. And it's only one of him with his helpers. He can't be everywhere at once. But when you invite him in, he'll come in. When you show him what you're, you're struggling with, again, he doesn't make you sin, though. He tempts you. And he's tempting you in here today to, to, to believe, to not to believe what we're talking about. All right? But it's, it comes to your heart. That's where, you, that's where we sin. You want to do it, you're going to do it. He's not going to make you do it. All right? Now, if we put on God's full armor, says in Ephesians 6.13. We've got this sniper, so what do we do? There's a, there's a cure to this. Instead of walking around here with just a helmet on. Ephesians 6.13. Therefore. He's saying, okay, here, here you go. Therefore. When you see therefore, it's important. Put on every piece. Andre's not here, but Andre had a demonstration to the youth where he put on football gear and all talking about this. Put on every piece of God's armor. Not just so you can look cool. 
But what's it say? So you will be able to resist the enemy. In the what? In the time of evil. Put the full armor of God on so you can resist. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, it says, put on the peace. Walk in peace. The peace that comes from good news that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield and take, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil, the sniper. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit. If you're just wearing a helmet, you didn't read the above. That's what a lot of people do. They never read above the text. They say, I got my helmet of salvation on. If you go up, you'll see it's a whole armor. All right? James 4, 7 says, Christians are told to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So if you're not fighting Satan, he's not fleeing. He's not fleeing at all. Casey told me a long time ago, she still don't remember, she told me, but she don't remember a lot of things, but she said, not today, Satan, one time, and I heard her, not today. I said, what'd you say? She said, he ain't winning today, not today. Not today. Do what? Not today. Resisting the devil. About a week later, I heard this this podcast of this guy talking. He went into this rehab center, and he had been there seven times. Never helped him. And he said this little, his words, this little wormy dude, he called him. This guy was like Buddy the Elf said, I got the cure for you. He's like, what is it? He said, I can tell you how to beat all this. He said, how? He said, pray. He said, man, I don't know how to pray. He said, every morning you get up, I want you to do this. Not today, Satan, and thank God for everything in your life. Thank him. Just thank God for everything in your life. And it will start dawning on you who this God is. He said, I did it, and I did it. And I started realizing I have nothing without God. The breath in my body comes from God. I was walking down the street with Jade Miller. Remember, I went, and she's like, what are you doing, Dad? I said, I'm taking in the breath of God because it's only by Him that we have it. He can take you out like that with no breath. So this guy did this. He thanks God. He thanks God. He thanks God. He ends up getting saved. Now, what I start doing is I get up in the morning. Sometimes I hit my knees depending on how bad I feel. If I did it this morning, I'd have never got up. Because I was at a, a barbecue competition all weekend. And, but anyway, I get up and I say, not today. Not today, Satan. You're not going to win. I'm recognizing there's a sniper. 
And snipers love to get you in the morning. This is from the famous sniper of all time. Best time to get you is in the morning and at night. I wake up and I say, you're not getting me today. And I can tell you, when you start, when you get to a point in your life where you recognize, A, there is someone out to kill you and take you out of here. When you start recognizing who this is and why they're doing it, your life will totally change. You'll come to the foot of Jesus. And we'll find that out of here at the end. You'll come to the foot of Jesus because he's your only protection. He's your only source. You can run around here and not know where the sniper is. And you've got your only, some of you just have the helmet on. Some of you don't have any helmet on. And it's just ringing, bing, bing off your helmet. But a good sniper will take your heart out. They aim for the heart. They don't aim for your head most of the time. If Satan can get your heart, he can get that helmet off you real quick. You'll drop that helmet so quick, you'll never go back to church. You'll never never worship God. You'll never want to be around Christians because you're just walking around like that. Wake up, realize who he is. And then you can, like sometimes during the day, I'll give you an example. I'll be not tempted, but something comes in front of me. And I'm like, you ain't getting me with that. And my wife would tell you, we've been married a long time. Now she does it. If I'm in a room, a bunch of half-naked women that don't know how to dress. I used to say, I'm leaving. I'm walking out. I realize that's how Satan's attacking me. Now she tells me, get out. (laughs) If you've got a good wife, she becomes part of your Holy Spirit. She'll tell you what to do sometimes, and it's usually right, isn't it? He's shaking his head. She'll tell you when you mess up and tell you when you... You know, give us, don't women hear from the Holy Spirit a little bit better than we do? Would that be an honest statement? Yeah. 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 Shaking his head. It's a fight. And if you leave here today, please know that you have an enemy that's coming after you. That's all I can get you to believe today. If you hear one thing, You have an enemy that's after you, but I have a solution for it. And that is Jesus. That is him. He will give you something to take him down, to keep him from you. And it's a guide. You know the story, I don't know the scripture right now. I'm not a, I didn't go to seminary or nothing like that. Um, just a normal guy. I have a BA degree and that's it. Born again. So I know the stories, but I can't quote the scriptures. But there's a when um, Jesus was talking to his disciples, and if you know it, Casey, bring it up. Somebody quote it. I'm sure, Derek might know it. 
He was telling him he was leaving. There we go. See, it's always a woman. And he said, I'm, I'm going to leave you with something better. You got it, Ross? I'm leaving you something better. And they're like, what, what, what are you talking about? Jesus, you're all we need. He said, I'm leaving you with something better than, than, than me. He was talking about when I leave, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Now, this is what a lot of y'all get all messed up. Well, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. If I said Holy Ghost, 90% of this room checks out. Holy Spirit. I was raised in the, they call him the Holy Ghost. I like Spirit better, but anyway. Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to leave you a helper. A guide. An advocate. Somebody that's going to watch out for you. Alright? So when you are tempted... Now, this is if you are a child of God. And I hate to bear bad news, but we're all not children of God. If you're not born again, and Jesus as your Savior and Lord of your life, you are not His child. You are a child of Satan. You can get mad and talk to me out there, but I'll, I'll give you some scripture. You're either a child of God or a child of Satan. You're following Him or you're following Satan. But He says, if you are a child of God, I will leave you my spirit to guide you, to help you in this battle to get to me, to show you a lot of things. When Satan comes after you, the Holy Spirit goes, dude, you don't need to do that, or you shouldn't have said that. And on that note, it's okay to think something, just don't say it sometimes, you know? If, if somebody's preaching, don't walk up to them 20 seconds before they're preaching and tell them you've got diarrhea, your puppy died, and somebody in the back has said a bad word about you. We don't need to hear that. Pastor Josh doesn't need to hear all your bad stuff before he comes up here and preach. He's trying to deliver a message that God gave him. So how would you think about it? How would you like to hear that come up on stage? So... He will give you the things to say. He will give you an out. It says God always gives us an out. An exit door. But you're not, we're not realizing that Satan's after us. We get, we get scared. Where's, the, where's it coming from? All right? We get frightened. Where's it come from? We, we get anxiety. Where's it coming from? The triggers. And my son-in-law was telling me about triggers. And I said, you've got to not only know the trigger, but you've got to know who's shooting at you. When you know who's shooting at you, who's trying to take you out, you're more apt to defeat Satan. All right? We get scared. We get anxiety. Fearful. We lose hope. You get these bad thoughts. I'm no good. It's too late. God can't save me. Where does that come from? God doesn't tell us bad things like that. If you realize that Satan trying to keep you out of the game and keep you out of life, you can fight it. You can realize it. Satan's telling a bunch of you today that you're okay. You're fine. 
You're not. None of us are fine. None of us are good. The Bible says not even one of us are good. We all need a Savior. If we were good, we wouldn't need a Savior, would we? Right? The first step in salvation is realizing you are lost. And here comes Satan to tell you you're fine. Or wait. Or it's okay. Well, that's not for me. But we're getting to the conclusion right here. We come in here to get a quick fix sometimes. And we do. This is a spiritual hospital. My dream is to see this place. If you got everybody that has come to this church in the last six months and brought them here one time, there would, there, every room in here would be packed. It would. Every room. But I see people come in here, you don't see them for three weeks. They're back. I see people come in here a week, they're gone a month. Then they come back, it's two months before you see them again. They're coming in here to get the feeling that Jesus fix. And they're gone. That's why we need to take this church, this spiritual hospital, and turn it into a family. Imagine everybody that's been here the last six months. Turn it into a family. Then, write this down, Derek. Then turn it into an army. You can't get an army until you get a family. From a hospital to an army. And I was listening to Josh earlier. He was talking about Balaam and he was in numbers and he goes all in the Old Testament. In my personal opinion, he's one of the top three pastors in this country that I've ever heard. He can take a, a word and just preach on it all day long. He's taught me how to look deeper into the scripture. Yeah. He quotes Numbers twenty two nineteen. It says, but stay here one more night. He's talking about Balaam. Stay here one more night. If you could just stay here at this church one more day, one more Sunday, get in the right group, get in a life group, you could defeat Satan. It's more than a feeling. John 3, 16 through 17. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son. We know this. It's preached. It's everywhere. So that everyone who believes in him will what? Not perish. We skim by that one will not perish. Will not perish. That's, he, that's death for eternity. The good news is, Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrated his love toward us. Yet while we were sinners, 
Christ died for us. Satan's telling you today you're good. If you're not a child of God, he's telling you you're okay. If you've lied, stole, cheat, if you've used God's name in vain, if, if you haven't kept God first in your life, you've blown the Ten Commandments, his moral standard. You need a Savior. And that's what the enemy won't tell you. But you need a Savior. And for the ones that know, know Christ, please know that, that Satan's going to attack you even more. But realize it's him. Now, may, he may use a friend to do it. He may use someone else to say something to you. But realize it's him and you can defeat it. All right? John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more. He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Because you'll have the light that leads to life. If you don't know Christ, you don't have the light. You're walking in darkness. You're walking like this in blindness. You can't see what's out there. That's why you, for all you do, you can't get life right because you're trying to do it. But you're walking around worse off than a blind man. And you will perish. You will be separated from God if you don't come to know his son. He said, because you will have the light that leads to life. That is the light against Satan. John 14, last one, Casey. John 14, 25 through 29. He says, I'm telling you these things now. I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate, that's someone that speaks for you, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. If you accept Christ and become a child of God, the Holy Spirit will teach you everything. Am I right, DJ? He will teach you everything. Don't be fooled. If you haven't accepted Christ, you're not getting taught by the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. He will bring this Bible to life. I'm leaving you with the gift, the peace of mind and heart. And peace I give is the gift the word cannot give. So do not be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I'm coming. I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you'll be happy that I'm going to the father who is greater than I am. I've told you things before. Before they happen, so when they do happen, you will believe. Every good sniper, and I'm closing on this, every good sniper has a good spotter. Except for Carlos Hathcock. He didn't, he didn't need a spotter for one of them, two of them. But every good shooter that you see on these screens that you couldn't identify has a spotter. So when we're fighting... The sniper in our life, Satan, you're fighting this guy. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, you're fighting him 
with no spotter. You've got no help. A spotter is somebody that looks out for you. And they say, don't go left, he's over there. Don't go that way. If you're not saved, you're walking like this, this blind. And that's the good thing. I've got a spotter. Now, my wife's my spotter too, but imagine having somebody spotting for you. And these guys that can shoot far, they'll know exact distance. They'll know it's three clicks to the right, three clicks to the left, and they pull the trigger. I'm Derek's spotter sometimes. And he's my spotter sometimes because we're both child of God. He spots for me, I spot for him. I spot for my wife, she spots for me, I spot for Jaden. I tell Jaden sometimes what's in best interest of her. Sometimes she listens, sometimes she don't. That's the way we do. My wife tells me some things that you shouldn't do that. That's, that's not. Sometimes I listen. Sometimes I don't. I didn't say that. <laughs> But how sad is it to walk around this life blinded with no spotter, no help, no Holy Spirit to guide you? DJ, if you would come up, a light, a guide. All I want to ask you today, is to know your enemy. Know your enemy. That's one closing prayer. That he's keeping you away from this. Whether it's here, electronically. His biggest weapon against you is to keep you out of the Word of God. But you don't know the Word of God. When you don't know the Word of God, you'll get shot. This is where he's, this is where he's getting us. Most people don't know 99.9% .9 of this. I probably know 20% of it. But I know enough to make him Lord of my life. And that's what I'm praying for you today. Somebody here today, somebody sitting in your seat, and your pride is saying, don't get up. I'm under so much conviction. God has convicted you. I didn't convict you. I just spoke God's word. But there's, there may be several in here that, that want to know what it is. What do I need to do to become a child of God? But your pride is telling you, stay in your seat. Don't you, somebody's looking. Well, I can tell you on judgment day, they're not going to be beside you when you stand before the holy God. And he said, you had an opportunity and your pride got in the way. You were scared of what people were going to say. And it says in Matthew 7, 21, he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Don't be that one. Don't be that one. I'm inviting anybody today that wants to make Christ the Lord of their life and to receive the Holy Spirit as your spotter, your advocate, your help. Come up here today. And any believer in here today, remember, Satan's after us. Realize where they're coming from. Realize why you're sad. Realize why you're angry. And you can defeat that. DJ's going to pray. And if you don't know you're saved, I'm going to be out here and we can talk about it.
If you're ashamed, I'll pray that you come back. Go ahead, Dean. Bro, uh, to hear your word, thank you for Chris. To be prepared and studied and, and willing and ready to share that with us. I thank you for this call to action today. God, if there is any here that don't know you, if there is any here not your child, today would be the day that they would have the courage. God, we know we're not guaranteed one more minute. And God, I know I would never want to walk another step without you. My best was destruction. And I thank you for your grace and your mercy. But I just pray that everyone would be able to experience that. Pray that you go with us, to be with us, that we would spend quality time with you this week, armoring up. Preparing for battle, understanding that every moment of every day is battle. And that when we don't see the battle, we're losing. But I pray for your strength to fight. That we rely on you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen.